You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. and welcome to Catholic Chicago, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. on your dial, or you can go to youtube.com slash catholicchicago. This is Mark Tracy, Executive Director of Holy Name Cathedral, who is sitting in for Father Greg Sackowitz, the host of our show, who is taking the morning off for a special um, medical appointment that he had. So he will be back to join us on our next show. We have a great show this morning following that Notre Dame victory on uh, um, Saturday, what was it, 41 to 13. All of our Notre Dame parishioners are thrilled. We have a great show today. We're going to be talking to three of our seminarians from Chicago, Joshua Polark, Joshua Jones, and Joshua Garcia. No, no, I'm kidding. Daniel Garcia. <laughs> I thought it would be Joshua, Joshua, Joshua. Uh, and they're going to be talking about the spirituality uh, program that they're involved with at Mundelein Seminary. I had mentioned to them I spent 15 years up at Mundelein Seminary. I love the seminary. I think it does wonderful work in preparing our young men for uh, their priestly ministry here in Chicago. They're celebrating their 100th anniversary this year. I don't know if you knew that, Joshua. Uh, I saw one of the emails, yeah. Yeah, well, you're in the next century of future priests for the Archdiocese of Chicago. So Joshua Polark is joining us first. Why don't you give us, Joshua, a little background. Where are you from, and how did you end up at Mundelein? Oh, man, that's a great question. So, yeah, I'm Josh Polark. Uh, I'm 22 years old. I was born uh, and raised in Fox Lake, Illinois, which is in northwest Lake County. I went to Grant Community High School and then to University of Michigan, from which I graduated uh, in May of this year. Oh, congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Um, So... Yeah, I uh, studied physics and electrical engineering at Michigan, and uh, my my journey to the seminary was kind of unique. Uh, it mirrors kind of the conversion story of maybe some 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 saints in the in the tradition. So, uh, I was raised, baptized, and confirmed Catholic, but when I got to high school, I really didn't go to church. Religion wasn't really a part of my life at all. How'd your parents react to that? Um, my parents, uh, weren't necessarily too concerned about it. I would say, uh, the primary focus in my household was probably school. And so since I was doing well in school, it was, it was very, you know, that was, that was a good thing. Okay. Um, yeah. So then I was kind of really trying to figure out what I wanted to do with, uh, studying. And so ended up going to Michigan, uh, always had this, uh, affinity for mathematics and science, but, uh, Really towards the end of high school, I kind of began to drift into this uh, modern way of thinking that uh, religion is kind of like unnecessary and kind of dumb and there's no need for it. Mm-hmm. And I was I was really concerned with finding the truth. And so that's because of my uh, affinity to mathematics and science. I kind of dwelt into that mindset that you didn't really need religion to uh, be happy or even for knowledge in general. And then you did your research. <laughs> yeah, that's one way to put it. Mm-hmm. So then I then I got to Michigan, started studying uh, like hardcore, doing a lot of doing a lot of things, living um, you know in the 21st century in America in, in a in a large public university, which is you know quite a cultural uh, place. So how I kind of began my conversion uh, was really. It was kind of like both intellectual but also like personal. Um, 
I was really concerned with what I wanted to do with my life. And I, so I started genuinely thinking about the, the most important questions about like, what am I on this earth to, to do and to be? And inevitably that question gets caught up with the existence of God and his providence. So Now that's pretty profound for 22-year-olds. Some people spend their whole life <laughs> and don't get to that question. So that's true. congratulations that's true. on that. Well, thank you. Yeah. So um, basically uh, I was also like struggling with some personal things and living uh, – in, in some ways immorally. And so there was a, there was an emptiness in my heart that I really couldn't explain based on the uh, assumptions I had about what made a good life. And I mean, Socrates said that the, uh, the unexamined life is not worth living. Right. And so I began to really examine my own life uh, and, and to really get a sense of where I should, should take my life. And so I was introduced uh, by one of my friends Lauren Neeson, uh, who's getting married this this next month, to the five proofs of God's existence, the five ways of Thomas Aquinas. Mm-hmm. And she basically uh, blew my world up at that point because, like I had been going on with this kind of naive sense that science and religion are incompatible, uh, I really th- was challenged because the Thomas Aquinas is a, a very intelligent, philosophical man. So the the true intellect that was displayed in the in the area of religion like frankly shocked me and really opened my opened my mind to that that uh, sphere now tell people this is very interesting because your background tell people the background of your rector father john karchi father john karchi yep yeah so he he studied physics uh at a phd level at the university of chicago and so he is uh He's now the rector at Mundelein Seminary. So, so he there you are. For, foremost authority on uh, the, the science and religion. So let's keep going with your story. Go ahead. Sure. Um, so then once my mind was kind of in this place of willing to uh, seek out the truth about whether God existed and, you know, what, what religion I should kind of affiliate myself with, um, I really also had a, has a, had a conversion of heart, too, where I really was willing to be kind of meek and recognize my brokenness before the Lord. So I saw his mercy and confession. And so it was kind of the coming together of both recognizing the, uh, like the mercy and the love that God has for, for me and for everyone, but then also like mending that together with a correct understanding of, of God and how he, how he exists and in what particular ways he has revealed himself to to humanity, and so those two things led me into, uh, like, kind of going back to mass, really reading lots of books, really uh, exploring my faith, and developing a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Beautiful. Now, Father Greg, if he were here, you know, when we have different meetings at Holy Name, he never says, "Let's place ourselves in the presence of God." He says, "God is always with us. Mm-hmm. It's our awareness." that needs to be challenged. And that sounds like that's what happened in your life, that the God who loves us was always there for you. Totally, totally. And then, and then, and now how'd you end up in Mundelein? Yeah, so then as I was kind of going through my studies, I uh, was really not sure what I wanted to do after I, I graduated. Um, and so as I was developing my, my prayer life, my relationship with Christ, my knowledge of the church, I was also in a relationship at the time, and just in my prayer life, I began to feel this uh, invitation or call to explore the priesthood, and so that was quite difficult because, first of all, it wasn't at all what I wanted to do, and I uh, didn't exactly think that that was something that, frankly, would would, uh, make me happy or really be something that I was able to do. And so I, I wrestled with the idea, you know, uh, I struggled with it, prayed about it, talked to some priests, talked to people who were close to me about it. And, uh, but, but the, but the pervasive idea of like really giving myself to Christ in, in as, as radical a way as possible really became, um, like a deep thing in my heart that I really felt, uh, moved to, to try seriously. What and was your parents' 
reaction when you said you were thinking about Lundline? Well, that's a good question. So uh, they they reacted a little differently. Um, differently than you expected or differently? Different from each other. Oh, from each other. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so my dad was very, very supportive. Both of my parents are very, extremely supportive and uh, really, really challenged me to make sure that I make uh, a good discernment, I guess, to make sure that I'm doing something which I which I uh, feel confident about, and that is something that will, uh, you know, give me a meaningful life. That um, I don't know. I, I feel feel at home mm-hmm. in where I'm doing. So it's a great way of putting it. Yeah, and so I'm very very thankful for that. And they they've always challenged me to, uh, you know, be generous in in my giving of self and to to make a positive difference in the world. So yeah. So you're on uh, a journey mm-hmm. that brought you to Munline into this spirituality program. Do you want to share a little bit about that program for our listeners? Sure, sure. So yeah, the spirituality year is there are two kind of camps of people who enter the spirituality year. So for me, uh, I have a college degree that is not in philosophy or theology. So I was not a college seminarian. And so in order to kind of transition from the secular world into the like context of the seminary. The spirituality year is kind of the what's called the propedeutic year where you say that again. Say that again and explain that word. Sure. Propedeutic is like introductory, okay. essentially. And so we're getting introduced to the faith, kind of bringing in people from different aspects of life. Um, so as we hear some of the other people have very different entrance w- from where they were in their lives. And so it's uh, a year of prayer, deepening discernment and uh, formation intellectually. We take seminar-style classes to kind of get us all on the same page to prepare us for the more academic uh, philosophical studies that we'll do at Mundelein. And you live together right next door to us, at, right next door to Holy Names Rectory. Yep, there. yes. So how is that living in community? How many guys are there? So right now there's... Five of us seminarians, will, another one will be joining us, uh, I believe, at the end of this week. And then three pe- priests live in the house as well. So is that back to a dorm experience of college, or <laughs> you are all now grown up? Uh, yeah, it's definitely different from a dorm. Mm-hmm. We, we have individual rooms, and we do have shared spaces, but there's a maturity level to the guys in the house and a respect and a mutual desire to, like, we all kind of chose this in mm-hmm. some sense. And there's a, there's a real brotherhood between us, so that that really facilitates like good communal living, uh, especially when you know you're sharing sharing all your spaces together. Essentially, now, what are your expectations? When do you hand up to Mundelein? Uh So after the spirituality, year, it's one one year, and then I will uh, head up next year. And then there's two years of pre theology, which is philosophy studies before four years of theology studies. So seven years, that's a big commitment. Yeah, yeah. And what do you expect when you head up to Mundelein? Any expectations at all, or just leaving it a blank slate? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, I don't want to ha- set my own expectations. To uh, I kind of want to just be open and docile to the Holy Spirit and be willing to accept whatever comes my way. But I am anticipating a very uh, deepening sense of uh, intimacy with the Lord, both on an intellectual level by learning about Him, learning about the church, kind of being able to put myself into uh, this space where I'm familiar with the Lord, but then also a deepening personal relationship that really grows from prayer and from encounter with other men walking in their journeys, but also the communities that were kind of being prepared to serve. Now, one of the programs they have up at Mudline, which I'm very um, supportive of, makes a lot of sense is going into the parish. Mm-hmm. Uh, seminary will go into the parish and spend some time there. Yeah. Um, any, is it too early to think about what kind of a, how do you want to serve the folks, the people of, uh, of God? Man, that's a, that's a difficult question. Uh, it is a little bit early, but I, but I know that one of the main reasons why I want to, uh, there are, there are two kind of main reasons, and I would say they're connected with my own conversion story. Is I, I feel like I, I'm okay, or one of my strengths is being able to like teach. So I want to be able to develop a, uh, a real mature intellectual 
formation at, at parishes and be able to lead people to the riches of the Catholic uh, intellectual tradition. So kind of in a teaching or catechesis, mm -hmm. but also uh, especially accompanying people. And so being that presence of mercy that the Father is for each one of us and being that bridge. And so accompanying people in their, in their suffering and their sorrow and showing them that the, the sacred heart of Jesus is always like, he, he's always with them, then he always wants to draw them back from their suffering. He's always comforting us and, uh, and loves us to, to the extent of giving his own life for us. And that was your own personal discovery. Precisely, yes. That's wonderful. Now, you have a few minutes. Talk to some young people who experienced kind of what you experienced in college, which was kind of, I would say, the term might be fallen away. Yeah, yeah. And now you're here. And now you're making a commitment to, to the journey toward priesthood. Yeah. Uh, talk to young people that might be listening. What, what, do you, what would you tell them? That's a good question. Uh, so I think the first thing to recognize is that a meaningful life is not an easy thing. I think if you look at society, um, it offers a suggestion to what a meaningful life consists of, and it's very materialistic in the sense that, like, things or status or, like, money, power, pleasure, these types of things offer uh, a way to a good life. But real depth of meaning in, in your life is, uh, it has to come from, like, what God is calling you to. And there's a deeper fulfillment that God calls to each one of us. And so uh, simultaneously with that, that requires interior conversion. And mm -hmm. so uh, you can't just like go through life without being honest to yourself and to God about who you are. And that, that includes your brokenness, that includes the sins, but it also in includes recognizing the, the merciful Father who draws us out of ourselves. Simultaneously, I know that uh, one of the main challenges is intellectual. People d have questions about the church, but they haven't gotten good answers, or ah, they're really struggling point. with some teachings, or just thinking that they can kind of brush off the church as if it's antiquated or uh, old-fashioned, and I, I would seriously challenge that. I think the philosophers and the theologians of our, our tradition are the most intellectually gifted they, they, there are good answers to all of those questions, and not to stifle the questioning. Mm -hmm. Questions are good, but seek out the answers, and uh, it takes a real intellectual honesty to be willing to say, like, wow, the church is serious about truth, it's serious about morality, it's serious about all of these things, and you really have to take their best arguments as the, the thing that you accept or reject and not some, like, straw man or what you've heard on the street or things like that. Very good. Well, thank you for your time, Joshua. Joshua, your last name is Polark. Polark, yep. From Fox? Fox Lake. Fox Lake. Maybe we could end with, just give me um, kind of what favorite prayer has seen you through this time? Hmm. It's a very, very good question. Um, I pray the rosary. I try to pray the rosary daily. That's quite helpful. Um, meditating on the mysteries and the life of our Lord Jesus Christ and uh, our Mother Mary really draws you into the the divine life that God is calling to each one of us. And uh, it's a powerful way to really try to conform your life to that which Christ has lived and to the, the responses that Mary gives in her full faith, full hope, and full love, and kind of just wanting to see that good example and be drawn into that uh, through the rosary. Well, I'm sure our listeners are going to keep you in prayer on your journey and Thank keep you. us in prayer. Joshua Polark from Mundelein Seminary, you're in the spirituality program this yes. year, and soon you will be up at, at Mundelein um, taking part in all the formation theological programs and from my perspective some of the hosting of special events and mm -hmm. really making people feel welcome up at the campus so WNDZ 750 a.m. on your dial Catholic Chicago or you can go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago we thank Joshua Polark once again and we'll be back in a few minutes please stay tuned
The 2021 AIDS 5K Run and Walk is back in Chicago, and Catholic Charities is gathering a team of participants to support this popular event. You can participate remotely, right from your own neighborhood, on Saturday, October 2nd, as we get some great exercise while we raise awareness and funds for the AIDS Foundation of Chicago and more than 30 community partners who support Chicagoans living with HIV. For 35 years, the AIDS Family Foundation, for 35 years, the AIDS Foundation of Chicago has helped people affected by HIV and AIDS to ensure that they have access to the best healthcare possible. They also assist with housing, food, and other basic necessities and educate the public about the impact of HIV AIDS in Illinois. 90% of what we raise as a team comes directly back to helping Catholic Charities HIV clients. Join the fund in support of Catholic Charities and the HIV community. Call 847-782-4265 today. That's 847-782-4265. I am a seminarian. The church needs compassionate and well-trained priests to help guide each of us through life. What inspires me, what draws me always to the priesthood is continue to see priests be a beacon of hope for other people. You can play a part in the education of these young men as they prepare for a life of service to others. I want to be that beacon of hope too, and it's, it sets my heart on fire. To support our seminarians, make your gift at archchicago.org slash seminarianfund or call 312-534-7959. Do you have an old bicycle that's not being used? Consider donating it to Catholic Charities Veterans Bike Project of Lake County. Skilled volunteers are refurbishing bicycles to make them safe and ready to be used by veterans to get to and from their new places of work. We also gratefully accept financial contributions that are used to purchase bike helmets and other safety accessories. Our veterans have faithfully served the United States and now it is our privilege to serve them. For more information on the Veterans Bike Project of Lake County, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. Catholic Chicago, WNDZ, 750 AM on your dial, 312-255-8408, or you can go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Uh, we're here with three of our seminarians who are involved in the spirituality program on their way to Mundelein Seminary, thanks to Joshua Polark. And now, I don't know if you, all three of you have to be named Joshua, but now we have, <laughs> now we have Joshua Jones uh, joining us. He's uh, originally from Elk Grove Village, Queen of the Rosary Parish. We were chatting a little bit offline. So, Joshua, welcome to Catholic Chicago. And uh, maybe just me. share with folks a little bit of your background. Sure, yeah. So, as you said, I, am, I was born and raised in Elk Grove Village, so just in the northwest suburbs um, in the archdiocese. Uh, I went to Catholic grade school at Queen of the Rosary mm -hmm. for... Uh, until I was 13, really. So was really raised in the faith, baptized, confirmed. Um, How big is your was... family? I'm sorry? How big is your family? Uh, so I have three siblings. I have three siblings. So okay. two, my parents and my four siblings. And where do you fall in? I'm the second oldest. I have okay. one older sister and then a younger sister, younger brother. So you're the oldest boy. You're the older brother. Yes. Okay. That great. would be me. I'm sorry for interrupting. Go ahead. No, no, that's okay. Yeah, so then afterwards, after I graduated, I went to public high school. I went to Conant High School, which is in Hoffman Estates. Oh. And then after that, I went to Miami University in Ohio. 
where, oh, sure. where I got my degree in information systems. And then after graduating, I worked at Ernst & Young here in Chicago for oh, two years oh, as an did. IT consultant. Yes. Well, so. And how did that go? What did you do at Ernst & Young? Uh, so I was in the, I worked as an auditor and as a consultant. It was kind of my role. Um, I used my information systems degree to help out on IT audits. What we would essentially do is we would go into the companies we work with and go over their uh, business processes and specifically the IT portions, mm -hmm. like the systems they're using. And we would ask them questions, make sure we understand how it works. Are the systems functioning properly? Are there any risks involved? Risks of like getting hacked, for example, or mm -hmm. unauthorized access or, or something. And we would perform these audits to uh, ensure that everything's functioning properly. That's great. And what about where you went from that and now you're considering that journey toward priesthood? How did that happen? <laughs> it was definitely a gradual process. I would say most of it took place after graduation. So the background heading in, so kind of throughout high school and definitely into college. So after graduating from, from Queen of the Rosary, I had been confirmed and then was graduated. Mm -hmm. Throughout my early life and childhood, faith was a huge part of my life. It was taught in the home as well as at school, um, and I, I held it very dearly. So then afterwards, going to public high school, it wasn't as – I wasn't as surrounded by it. So mm -hmm. it was like more of the – it was more on me to keep my faith life going. And I did initially. I was involved in uh, my youth group at my parish. But I still kind of fell into periods of skepticism, doubt, kind of wondering, like, wondering, is it, is, is, is religion, does it make sense? Does God exist? If he does, like, does this, like, does, does this religious life really make sense? Like, kind of going into those ups and downs periods. Um, by the time I got to college, I felt at a okay place with my faith. I was like, okay, yeah, I think God does exist, and I do identify as a Catholic, as a Christian, but... But it was kind of still put on the side for me at that point. Mm -hmm. So throughout college, I just kind of lived life in a secular way, in a world, in a worldly way. I was just going through my studies, trying to search who I for who I am or who I was meant to be. But but in the worldly sense, I was looking for like that degree, that career that was going to mm -hmm. bring me fulfillment. Was just studying, hanging out with friends. Um, I was in a fraternity. I had a girlfriend. Um, and then by the time I graduated, I not only got my degree, but I got the job at Ernst & Young. I felt like everything was going great for me. Which isn't small potatoes. Ernst & Young, probably you spotted as a company, you could move up within the ranks. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was definitely one of the, especially at the business school, uh, definitely one of the companies that recruits heavily and, mm -hmm. and students really strive to get that type of position. And exactly. I was extremely grateful to get it. I was really hyped up for it and everything. Um, but slowly after graduation, I just started realizing, despite the fact that I had this job and I was living in Chicago and I was in this relationship, I still felt like something was missing. I started my job and I was kind of feeling like, I don't know if this is what I see long-term, mm -hmm. but it, you know, I, it's, it's paying really well. I'm getting good benefits, like all these things. And maybe there's something more in the future that I could get from it. But I still had questions and I was I still found myself searching, like, who am I? Like, what's what's my identity? Who is Josh and who is mm -hmm. Josh meant to be? So going through that process, I started and I, I should note that at this time I wasn't really going to church or really practicing my faith at all. Like mm -hmm. I said, it was kind of put on the sidelines. Um and I started going through some mental struggles, some emotional struggles mm -hmm. as well. My relationship started to fall apart. I was struggling at my job. So I started wondering, like, what is missing from my life? Mm -hmm. um, and I sought, I sought help in therapy initially. It was jumping around therapists. And initially, I landed on a therapist. I, I started searching for a new one because I moved back home with my parents for the pandemic. And... I was like, I need to find one who's a Christian because I got questions. And they <laughs> like, would have specific perspectives on that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was it it was just 
some prompting looking back, it was just that slow conviction by the Holy Spirit just saying, maybe there's something here, maybe God is calling you back. But I didn't know what it meant, and I didn't know mm-hmm. what to do about it. So I started seeking help, both mentally and spiritually. I realized both of those areas of my health were struggling. So, And I started asking questions, um, wondering, like, what does this mean? And what what am I what am I being called to do? And yeah, it just led me through an immense personal conversion back to my faith because I realized that God was calling me back to be in a relationship with him on that deeper level, not mm-hmm. just on that surface level where he's just kind of off to the side, but where he's the center of my life. And all this time I realized that the answer to who am I, like what's my identity, the answer was it's 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 found initially in God. It's it's that that's that's who my identity is. I'm created in His image and likeness. He has a plan for me. It's filled with hope and and He loves me with an everlasting love to send His Son Jesus to to die and rise again for me. It's kind of risky asking those questions, Joshua. The, Joshua, I won't call him <laughs> number one. Joshua, <laughs> Joshua who's here first, um, had some of the the same issues, and I said to him, I'll say to you. I'm pretty impressed that at your age, you're willing to take that risk and ask those questions. I said, a lot of people my age never asked those questions, you know, and, and, and foundationally now they're asking them, you know, ask them at the end of your life instead of at the prime of your life. So, so that led you, how, so how'd you end up at Monoline? Yeah. So then at the time of going through this, uh, conversion process. I was I was still working in the corporate world. Um, we were fully remote at that point. So mm-hmm. it was a slow, slow process. I reached out to one of my old friends from high school, who was also a Christian, and he introduced me to my first Bible study. After that I started like seeking out like young like young adult communities to get involved in. I was actually heavy involved with the young adult community at St. Alphonsus in Chicago. Oh sure. Um, really loved just the the idea of community and specifically with like-minded young people my age. How did you find them? uh, Really through um, just online search searching. Like I ended up on their Facebook page and their website because I was looking, you know, I I was looking for a young adult community to join and they're more more uh, present in Chicago, I would say, rather than out in the suburbs. So... And so, so give a shout. I mean, they're, they're at Lincoln and Wellington, St. Alphonsus. They're young adults. Give them a shout out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I definitely give them a big, big shout out. And also, yeah, to yeah to Father Stephen, also to Father Pat Gorman, who actually ended up being my first spiritual director. Oh, wonderful! <laughs> um, wonderful. It was it was quite a blessing. I was um, I was actually at one of their events, and he came up and introduced himself to me. At the time, I had been praying because. While I was seeking therapy, I was also had these deeper spiritual questions, and I I was praying to God. I'm like, I really just pray that I could find a spiritual director. I feel like this is a real time in my life where I need one. And he came up to me, introduced himself, said, "I'm Father Pat. I notice you've been coming to our events." And I said, "Well, it's great to meet you, Father. Do you think I could meet with you maybe for 30 minutes and talk?" And then he said yes. And then after soon after, he became my spiritual director. So I was really grateful for. So Holy Spirit was working. Yes, absolutely. And you asked and you received. Yes. Interesting. The providence of God. <laughs> so, Mundelein, how'd you get there? Because that's... Yes. Alphonsus, was it Alphonsus to Mundelein, or was it there some other stops you made? Yes. So then the I'd say the one more intermediary, intermediary stop was then through spiritual direction when I was recognizing in my prayer that I felt this prompting from the Holy Spirit to be open to God's will for my life and remembering that word vocation that was taught back in grade school mm-hmm. and just thinking, could I be called? I'm not sure. I don't know what to do about this. I just know that I'm open. And I was shown to the InSearch program here in Chicago. And what that is, is it's a discernment program for those who are thinking about entering seminary, but they're unsure. So they actually come to the Bishop Quarterhouse once a week. They have a young priest come in and give his story. So I would go, I'd meet the guys in spirituality here, Father Tim Monahan, um, and I would listen to the stories. They have to share their vocation stories, their stories as priests. 
and by going to that program and then visiting Mundelein for exploring the priesthood weekend and getting to meet some seminarians, I just felt, I, I, I don't even know how to describe it, mm-hmm. but the movements that I felt and how the peace and feeling at home and the fact that I just kept coming back to these meetings and the way I felt after going to Mundelein itself, like I just decided the next step was for me to to just take the application and to start exploring on a deeper level. And, and when you did that, you were at peace. Yes. Now, it's interesting, just, just a little side note. So the in-search program, uh, I don't know, how do people connect with that? Yeah, so if you... Um, I mean, the easiest way is to reach out to Father Tim Monahan, vocation director. Um, I think there could be information on the Archdiocese website right. uh, if you go to the vocations tab. Okay. Um, they'll actually be starting up again, I believe, this coming month. They will be meeting every Tuesday night, so you'll come to meet the guys in the Spirituality program now. So now I'll be on the, the other side of the table. Wow, that's <laughs> uh, great. You can ask us questions. Um, we'll tell you about what it's like going in the spirituality year and maybe our story, how we showed up. And then the second half after we have dinner will be a priest will come in and give his story. And yep. I was going to say, and the other part of that history is, I don't know if they talk about it at all, but father Dick Miller, who's since passed away, he originated that program and he felt in his priestly ministry that there were folks like you that didn't fit into a system per se, you know, that inserts was much more relaxed, uh, informal in a way, but it allowed people, you know, in your life's space to be able to. So, you know, uh, there, we're always standing on the shoulders of those that came before us. And Father Dick Miller, who passed away um, probably about 10 years ago, but he originated that program. So it was great for me to hear you say that because that's part of his legacy which will probably never be known, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, Now, what about Munline? What are you looking forward to? Because you, are you with Josh in terms of one more year, and then where are you with philosophy and theology? He has to pick that up, right, for two years. Yes, so I also have to pick that up because my degree is in business. So so God willing, after this year, if through discernment I decide the next step is to move to Munline, then I would enter into pre-theology, so that's two years of philosophy classes, and then it would be the next four years after that would be theology. Beautiful, beautiful. Now, t- share a little bit. Um, when, uh, as you're looking at, you know, I know it's a long way off. Yeah, of course. But you're looking, <laughs> you're looking at your priestly ministry. What would intrigue you, uh, or what would, what would really energize you, uh, being a parish priest? Wow, that is... That is a good question. Um, really, one of the biggest things that that attracts me about the priesthood and what I would look forward to is just the aspect of being a spiritual father to mm-hmm. to others, to those that I'm entrusted to. So, and that could come in a variety of ways. Um, not, but it wouldn't necessarily just be through through hearing confessions, which would absolutely I would look forward to being that in persona Christi for the one for the one who's looking for that saving grace. But even just being there, whether it's as a spiritual director or as someone there, if they come with the struggles that come through going through life in this world and they're just looking for those answers, knowing that I was once in their shoes, whether they're going through a situation that was similar to me or or not, just being there for them recognizing that God is working in their life. It can be a gradual process. It doesn't happen all at once. It certainly didn't happen for me. Mm-hmm. So being there for them throughout the process that they're going through, the journey that they're on, would be something that would really bring me personal fulfillment, as, but also would just bring me great joy to see the transformation that they would be making. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. You know, Monsignor John Canary, I don't know if you know Monsignor Canary, he was rector at Munline some years back. He runs the retreat house now uh, that's on campus there. Yes. The Joseph and Mary Retreat House. He had said, Mundelein taught me theology, taught me formation, and then I got ordained and the people taught me how to be a priest. Wow. And I thought, what a great quote. 
you know? <laughs> I mean, uh, to be that humble about it and realize you are bringing your gifts, and then the folks will teach you. Teach you. So don't worry about it. The folks will <laughs> teach you. Any favorite prayer? Let's end with your idea. Of, is there a favorite prayer that you've leaned on over these years to kind of move you to this point? Um, I would say one that's definitely come up recently is the Surrender Novena, which mm-hmm. has been helpful for me, to me and I'm sure will will continue to be because it's just a prayer that just reminds me to just surrender it all to the Lord. Um, I don't know. To, I, I'm, it's, it was a huge leap of faith to take this next step, and I don't know what's going to come for it through this ongoing discernment. But just to know that as long as I'm consistently seeking him first and seeking his will in my life to surrender it to him brings me just a lot more peace through all the uncertainties and the ups and downs that will inevitably come throughout this journey. Beautiful. And, and you used the word joy yes. a little bit ago. It'll bring me more joy than you'll ever imagine. So we'll keep you in prayer. Our listeners keep us in prayer. And Joshua Jones, thank you so much for being with us. And I'm sure all the folks at Holy Rosary are thrilled, too, that you're on this journey because at some point, hopefully, you'll be back to them to celebrate. Um, (laughs) So Catholic Chicago, WNDZ, 750 AM on your dial, 312-255-8408. You can watch us also on YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Joshua Jones and Joshua Polark, beautiful, beautiful stories. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. seminarian. The church needs compassionate and well-trained priests to help guide each of us through life. What inspires me, what draws me always to the priesthood is continue to see priests be a beacon of hope for other people. You can play a part in the education of these young men as they prepare for a life of service to others. I want to be that beacon of hope too and it, it sets my heart on fire. To support our seminarians, make your gift at archchicago.org slash seminarianfund or call 312-534-7959. Throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, Catholic Charities has continued to respond to the needs of people who come to us for assistance. More than 850,000 meals and food parcels have been offered to those who are struggling with food insecurity. Over 108,000 homelessness prevention hotline calls have been answered. Over 22,000 people have received mental health services and $2 million in financial assistance has been provided to keep people housed. If you or someone you know needs assistance, email us at gethelp at catholiccharities.net. That's gethelp at catholiccharities.net or call 312-655-7700. That's 312-655-7700. Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here for you. The cemetery ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. Ancestry and genealogy are more important every day. People all over the world are wanting to learn more about their family heritage for personal and for health reasons. At Catholic Charities, we are hearing from adults who lived for a brief time at St. Vincent's Orphanage, the wonderful, life-affirming agency that operated out of our headquarters for 91 years, serving thousands of women, children, and families until it closed in 1972. Our post-adoption services help adults who want to learn more about their experience at St. Vincent's. 
Our compassionate staff members provide whatever family background information they can offer, along with support and reunion services. To learn more, call 312-655-7093. That's 312-655-7093. The spirit of St. Vincent's lives on in the inspiring stories that continue to emerge today. You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. We're back. Catholic Chicago, WNDZ, 750 AM on your dial, 312-255-8408. Or you can go to YouTube and watch us, youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. We're having a great, I think it's a wonderful show uh, talking about faith, talking about vocation, talking about um, life direction, talking about struggles, talking about God's call in our life. We talked to Joshua Polark. Joshua Jones, and they're both involved in the spirituality program at Mundelein Seminary. And Daniel Garcia is also involved in the program. You're, you said now you're between St. Leonard's and Mary Queen of Heaven in Cicero, um, but you also told me off the air you're older than they are. Yes, uh, a lot older. How's, how, <laughs> how are they behaving, those young'uns? Yeah, you know, they're they're keeping it together. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm uh, 31 years old. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, about nine, ten years older than two of the guys that, w- that I live with. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's it's been interesting. Do you uh, see any generational changes or differences? I, I do. What what are they? What are a few of them? Just a few, and then we'll get into the other uh, stuff. You know, they're they're uh, just pretty much everything that they did in in high school or college. Um, you know, is is new to me as far as what the slang language that they use. Okay. Um, so here and there, they'll they'll they know that I'll be asking like, what what is that? What does that mean? <laughs> what, what reference is that? So they'll be talking about random video games too. So. <laughs> well, see, and part of it is. With your age difference now, that's a generation yeah. or maybe a generation and a half away from them. You know, yeah. years ago, 20, 30 years would have been a generation, but now it's three years. So, Yeah, so it's, it's been interesting, but, uh, you know, uh, I'm really enjoying their presence and, and learning about them and, um, you know, whatever I can share about life with them, is, is I'll, I'll share with them as beautiful, well. So, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Now, Give us a little bit of your journey. You know, where were you born? Um, your whole faith idea. Yeah, sure. So I was born in Mexico, um, in Tonalá, Jalisco, which is about 30 minutes from Guadalajara. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people will, will know that name. So um, at the age of five, I, was, uh, I came here to Chicago. I grew up in the uh, little village area. Oh, sure. And eventually we made it. What was it. your parish there? In Little My Lake? parish was uh, Tepeyac. Tep- Our Lady uh, actually, of Tepeyac. Yeah, Our Lady of Tepeyac. I actually lived right across the street from there. Oh, wow. So um, we were really close to church. Uh, my parents were always um, Catholic and would always go to Mass. Who were and the everything. priests there when you were growing up? Do you remember uh, any names? Jane. Uh, Father James, I'm not really sure. Oh, okay. Or Father Miller. I know oh, Father Jim Miller. Miller. Jim yeah. Miller, yes, Jim Miller, yes. I, that's the only name I remember. Okay, good, good. Um, so then what happened? Then we moved to Cicero, um, and we are currently uh, in Stickney. Uh, oh, okay. So, St. Pius? Uh, St. Pius is right, yeah, right. My wife's the uncle was pastor there years and years ago. Okay. St. Yeah. Pius the tenth. Yes, really nice, Stickney. small, small little church, but yeah. Uh, yeah. And Father uh, John Boyvin, who's at Holy Name Cathedral, he just retired. He was an associate there, too. Okay. He loved the place. Nice. Yeah, so um, I have an older sister, uh, mm-hmm. two years older than me, um, and I have a younger brother. He's 25. I'm the middle child. Um, and pretty much I, you know, as far as my faith journey, 
uh, as a kid, you know, I was baptized, did all my sacraments mm-hmm. as, as, a, as a, you know, communion, confirmation. Uh, and once I entered high school, um, I started learning about evolution. What high school? I went to, my freshman year, I went to uh, Lincoln Park High School in oh, Chicago. Sure. Oh, sure. And then I, uh, the rest of the high school, I completed it at Morden West High School oh, in okay. Berwyn. I, um, I started learning about science and evolution and just started uh, questioning God. Um, and especially because since my parents would always pray and go to church groups and mass, um, there were struggles in the family that would make me question, well, if you pray so much, where is your God? Oh. So once I started learning about science, um, the teacher that I had at the time, he, he shared that he was atheist, so he was really anti-religion, obviously oh, wow. anti-God. So um, I would question my parents about God, um, you know, any, any, like constantly. And, you know, they at that point it would just turn into... A lot of disagreements. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It wasn't really healthy conversations, but I eventually made it to college. Mm-hmm. I went to Concordia University oh, sure. in River Forest, where I studied psychology. Um, I completed one year of my master's. I was uh, I went for um, I wanted to be a family therapy therapist, so I wanted to bring families together wow. uh, instead of you know the quick way out, which was divorce mm-hmm. um, and. You know, I always wanted to work with families, and, and a lot of my friends, their parents were divorced. Um, and so I wanted, I never knew what that was like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always wanted to see just my friends or even kids being with, with their parents in a family, and in a healthy family. So I went for that for a year, and I ended up um, not continuing because of some family issues. But mm-hmm. uh, I didn't really practice my faith at that time. Um, I maybe went to mass here and there, um, mm-hmm. but I didn't have a spiritual life. Um, after I graduated college, I <clears throat> started working for State Farm, um, and uh, within the year uh, of my graduation, I uh, went to a youth retreat, and. It was pretty funny how I ended up going. I was just dropping off my sister. My sister was the one that <laughs> had signed up to the retreat. Um, but Did I was she ca- talk you into it? No. Uh, actually, I was carrying her bags, mm-hmm. and we were dropping her off at this place um, where they were going to meet up to leave. So the, the, vo- the youth that were volunteering, part of the youth group, they thought I was living the retreat. And I was like, no, I'm only here to drop off my sister because it was a Thanksgiving weekend uh, mm-hmm. retreat. And I already had plans for Black Friday. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm good. But they asked me, like, do you want to go? So my mom was standing next to me, and mm. she heard the question. Mm. And she's like, wait, can he still go? So uh, <laughs> I was like, wait, why are you asking this? You know, like, so then they brought, like, the coordinator. Of she liked St. Monica with St. Augustine. Yes, <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, and when she brought um, the, the, the one of the, the guys brought in the coordinator and the priest he brought in the priest and the priest asked me if I wanted to go and he had his clerics on so I felt really bad saying no to a priest I (laughs) I thought it was going to be like disrespectful so I'm like well if there's a chance then I if there's a chance for me to go then I'll go so he's like well go home pack us some bags and we'll wait for you so I was like, oh, man, you know. <laughs> so I packed my bags, um, and they were already inside of the bus. The, I was the last one to get in, and we went to the retreat. Um, really, really great retreat. Um, and one of the things that kind of convinced me to go was also, like, the, the pretty girls that I saw. Like, <laughs> there was, was a like, whole busload of yeah, pretty girls. Yeah, there was girls. a busload, and I was like, oh, okay, well. No ulterior motives here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I went to this retreat. It's called Jornadas, mm-hmm. um, and I fell in love with um, with God. At, um, and I was like, "Wow, I, I never experienced God this way. I never knew there was youth people that you know would pray and you know have fun um, in a healthy way." Um, and there I met a girl, which I was dating for a little over two years, and mm-hmm. I thought I was going to marry her. Um, and it didn't happen that way. So, uh, when that relationship broke, um, I was really angry at God. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I was really angry at God, and I left the church, left the community, left the the little. Um, I was actually um, one of the coordinators of the group at that point. Oh, one the retreat group. Uh, yeah, yeah, of the retreat. So I was one of the coordinators, um, and yeah, I was just really angry because I said, God, like I, I served in the youth group. I go to mass. Like, what more do you want? Like, but why did you let this happen? Mm-hmm. So I didn't understand and. Uh, I left the church for about five, six years. Oh. Um, and I pretty much at that point just was a very, uh, uh, I became very selfish. And I said, I'm, I'm going to just take care of myself. I started making a lot of money at work. Um, started becoming someone who I never wanted to become. Wow. Uh, someone who my parents never taught me to be. Um, what was their reaction w- during those uh, years? They were were very, you home? Were you living home? I was living at home. Yeah, yeah. I, I just became a very materialistic person. Wow. Uh, I became, uh, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't believe in love at that point. Now let's get to, the. I want to make sure we have enough sure. time. So, yeah. so what happened? How so did you end up? How did you end up at Monolai? At Monolai. So five years later, uh, six years, five or six years later, uh, I was actually going to celebrate my birthday mm-hmm. with one of my friends. We were going to go to a concert. Um, I think we were going to see Jay Valvin. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, hey, uh, I'm going to a retreat in November. And oh. my birthday is in September. Mm-hmm. So before he even extended an invitation or told me anything, I said, I want to go. Wow. Yeah. So I said, let's go. Uh, there, I lived this retreat. It's called Conquistando Las Naciones para Cristo. And there, it was a very spiritual, charismatic retreat. I loved it. I felt the presence of God in my heart, the Holy Spirit. He was never gone, but he was was reawakened for you. Yeah, I pretty much had to shed off everything that was blocking me from seeing him inside of me. Yeah, wow. And God gave me a new heart. God gave me new eyes and a new mind. And that retreat changed my life. Uh, After that retreat, I could not think of anything else but to serve the Lord. And I said, you know, I was already 10 years into my career uh, with mm-hmm. State Farm. And um, and I said, you know, God, like, what do you want from me? And, and I felt that calling to the priesthood. Um, and so I went to this mass called Who Will Fill These Shoes? Um, yes. And, and that was... At Mon- was it Monoline? No, that was actually at... Um, uh, I can't remember. It was some, somewhere downtown. Um, and uh, it was a very nice mass. And I saw one of my friend's priests. His name mm-hmm. is Father Tambo Herrick. Oh, sure. Um, and he, I met him at the youth group. And, you know, from there I started talking to uh, Father Bobby in, mm-hmm. in St. Leonard. And there I met Father Tim Monahan. Oh, sure. Uh, Who, I started. Who's the vocation director? The vocation director. And then I started coming to a program called InSearch. Um, sure, which, which is, we talked about. Josh had talked about that. So y- yeah. you could discuss with other young men their idea of this journey. Yeah, and, yeah. Not, and not only that, but you get to meet a different priest every, every day That's or every helpful. Tuesday. That's helpful. That, to me, was very helpful because I had not met so many great priests. And that, to me, said, you know, I want to walk this path. Now, Daniel... Uh, what about Mundelein? As we we don't have a lot of time left. What about Mundelein? You're looking forward to it. Mundelein, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I've hung out with many seminarians, um, and very encouraging. I'm really looking forward to not only learning about philosophy and theology, but um, hoping to get to the end point, which is you know hopefully God willing, becoming a priest and being able to give myself to to His people. To and I hope life. people heard. In your story, two retreat moments that really changed your life. I hope people hear that and follow up. Now, what about a prayer? Any special prayers kind of brought you through to this time? Yes. Um, I, in, after my second retreat, I fell in love with the rosary. Mm. Um, and before going to bed, I would, I would uh, pray the rosary uh, on a daily basis. Um, and I encourage anyone who is listening uh, or anyone who... Um, preaches, uh, you know, to preach about the rosary. Uh, the rosary is something that I really fell in love with and really comforts me um, anytime I pray. Beautiful. Well, I'd like to thank you, Daniel. Dan Gar- Daniel Garcia, Joshua, 
and Joshua, Joshua Jones, Joshua Polark for a wonderful program on, um, on vocation, on journey. None of your journeys were easy, and you're moving toward a priestly ministry where you'll serve others in God's name because you found them in your heart. Yes. So I'd like to thank everybody for listening. WNDZ 750 AM, Catholic Chicago. Thank you, Brian Brock, for making all of this work today. And we hope you have a blessed week. God bless. Thank you. every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website archchicago.org and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.